Hello. We want to thank you for joining our Living Messiah family by downloading this podcast. We hope it blesses you and enriches your life. We also want to encourage you, uh, if you can, and if your heart is so moved, to support this ministry by going on our website, livingmessiah.com, and donating to help us to put these podcasts in every nation, every place, so we can bring these messages to change lives, to help people grow in the Word of God. Once again, thank you so much for being part of our family. Shalom. All right. Well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. We're, I'm sorry, we're, I'm put us behind a minute late here. But um, with that being said, let's just get right to it. Let me open in prayer, and then we can start digging into our portion in Matthew. Father, Yehovah, we give you great thanks. Father, we thank you for uh, another Shabbat that you have put before us. Father, our desire is to grow closer to you, to understand your words for our lives and your direction, to be empowered by your spirit, to overcome all things because you are our Elohim. Father, we thank you that your words became flesh and he has dwelt among us, Father, and he is bringing us back to you in your ways. We thank you for Yeshua and the blood and all that he has done for us, Father. We thank you. Amen. All right, guys. Well, I'm glad all of you are here today. Uh, I know, I don't know, I, whether you had a rough week, easy week, in-between week, you're here at the Shabbat. So let's just put all that aside and let's focus on the awesome words of our Creator. Uh, like usual, the mic, will, uh, Paul will have the mic. It, it will go around. Just raise your hand and be on point. I'll say that again, be on point of what we're talking about and try to make it brief. Um, what I want to do is I'll get into where we left off and I'll go from there and get us some, some major talking points, some major things I want to go over as we go in it. Because last week we talked about how Messiah answered. And how he was, like, for instance, uh, he said to the Sadducees, you go astray not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of Elohim. And I pointed out, and I think it's a very, very powerful statement. See, because he's answering, if we know that he's answering this in the time of when this occurred, that means the New Testament hasn't been written yet. And he says, you go astray not knowing the scriptures. So that seems to me that we can affirm how we believe here that the Torah, that everything that was written before Messiah is the scriptures, and that contains the power of Elohim in it as well. So I think there's a lot that you can gauge, um, uh, or a lot that you can, a lot that can come to you, or a lot that the Spirit can bring to you if you take the time to meditate on these words and what's being said, not just rushing right through everything. And, you know, and that's always good to read, uh, read it as a story form, but then going back and focusing on what is being discussed. What did he really mean? So we talked about that. Uh, let me see where are we I want to make sure that we don't. Then the other thing I brought up because of the conversation that's going on here, where we are going to hopefully get to the point of asking the resurrection of the dead. Where is it in the Old Testament? Okay, because this is Messiah's talking about this. This is a discussion then, and this is way before Messiah has died and resurrected, and um, 
and has redeemed us. And all of a sudden, that seems to be the forefront. You know, was that something of old? And the other terminology is um, the messengers of Elohim in the heavens. That's something we'll, uh, I don't know how far we'll get, but that's going to be some things that we're going to look at. The messengers and the sons of Elohim, and especially this concept, life and death, because that's what we're talking about here with the resurrection, okay? So my whole thing is, before we can, uh, and I'm going to use particular terminology, I guess, but before, you know how we always talk about the spirit, the spirit this and the spirit that, and that's all great, but I'm, I think that we have to understand what those terms mean, okay? And we have to understand, understand the concreteness of the text of our, our Elohim, our God, before we can really start to start putting spirituality on everything. And why I'm saying that, because it seems like, you know, you really can, you can spiritualize everything to the whole point that you're out of the reality of some basic fundamental things that Scripture teaches us. You know, it's, all, it's, it's easy to go to, let's say, the unknown or that spiritual place and talk about theologies and stuff like that. But we need to have concrete on all that. Because obviously, Messiah was a concrete human being. He physically existed. He physically did. And guess what? You and I, we are physically here. We physically are doing things. There's a reality that we, that we have to confront. And we can't always jump to a nice place in our minds. Because as you'll see, and as you'll hear me uh, point out that I see in the Hebrew text, it demands action. It's speaking to your being, to your, to your very body, your physical body, and what you do and how you think. So, so before, we, before we build any theological, theological um, castles, so to speak, we better make sure that those bricks that we're using are founded somewhere and that they're real, okay? Real things that we can prove out and see. And I'm not saying that Scripture is not filled with many things that we're going to continue to learn on our way, but the foundations are there for us to work with. So, so as it goes here, Matthew 22, and concerning the resurrection, this is Messiah's following up here, concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was spoken to you, to you, what was spoken to you, by Elohim saying, I am the Elohim of Abraham. I'm the Elohim of Isaac. I'm the Elohim of Jacob. Elohim is not the Elohim of the dead, but of the living. And then the crowds heard they were astonished at his teaching. Now, this I think is very, very interesting. I am the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why did he answer that way? So that's one, one thing I started looking at. Okay, if we go back to, and we can, I believe we can learn a lot by looking how Yahshua answered. Okay, so he's using his te- the text and his know-how, how he's answering. So why does he answer this way? The phrase... What does this phrase really mean? Okay, why, you know, 
Because really, off the top of your head, you think of the burning bush. Was there anything about resurrection or life eternal there? But yet, it seems like Yeshua is going right back to that point and saying, have you not read what happened at the bush? Because the conversation is about resurrection, so that means it's about living, dying, and then living again. And I'm going to be the first to tell you, I don't have all the answers on this, and I think it's much deeper, and maybe in my life as I go, I'll get more. But I think there's still a lot that we can gauge from this very, very statement. It's a very important statement, okay? And some of the, what I have seen, I think, is very important for us to know. So in Matthew, and then concerning the dead that they raise, okay, have you not read in the book of Moses at the bush how Elohim spoke to him saying, I am the Elohim Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not the Elohim of the dead, Elohim of the living. So that's what we can least confer. He's a God of the living. He's not a God of dead. When Moses was alive, right? That meant that this Elohim was his Elohim. But remember, you got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then Moses comes later. So we can at least look at the whole idea that Yahuwah, or the Elohim, Yahuwah, our Elohim, is proclaiming that he exists on an eternal basis here. He was with Abraham. He was with Jacob. He was with Isaac. And now he is with Moses, and he will be with the children of Israel. So in itself, that's, we can at least gauge from this statement, there is an aspect that we see, even when we go back and see our creator's name, Yahuwah, he is, I, I tend, uh, there's a lot that's packed into that phrase and that name, but what I like to look at is the part that he was, is, and will be. He's the eternal existent one who causes himself to exist and all to be. You know, like that question, where did God come from? He always was. That's the easiest thing. So you see what I'm saying in this statement? Well, one of the things that we can grab out of that, and that's very, very powerful thinking. And that's why I believe Yahshua answered the way he did. It's the same understanding in some ways, you know, uh, that we read in the New Testament. It says, oh, what is the greatest commandment? And one of the texts, Yahshua answers, Shema Israel. That's the first and the greatest commandment. And why that is the first and greatest commandment is because hear and do what our Elohim says to love him because we need to love him because that's how we know how to love other people. It's all wrapped up in that one little phrase. But we need time to, we have to think these through. So, so obviously, he's the Elohim of the, of the living, not the dead. And we talked about Moses being alive. That's who he followed. So just like today, 
Yahweh is saying, you know, I am the Elohim that was and will be. So here's a concept. And I'm probably getting ahead of myself here. But if he's the Elohim of the living and not the dead, what's something else that pops up in there? Okay, here's a hint. Are you alive? Yes, you are. That means he's your Elohim. Now, what else I can probably gauge in here, if you don't choose him as your Elohim and you're still alive, ultimately you're dead. Because without him, you have no life. He is the God of the living or the God of the... Death, uh, life and death, if you just look at the simple thing, they are completely uh, polar opposites. Okay, you're either alive or dead. Okay, there's no gray in some sense. So if he's your Elohim, you know, on the basic level, he is there. He does exist. So all that are existing, he is their Elohim, whether they recognize him or not. Right. But the deeper level is. If you say that he is that living one especially how we see here where it's relating back to the bush, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the living and not the dead. What made Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob alive? What gave them life? What's, what were they hanging on to that even Yahshua would refer back to and I'll show you some other texts that re- refer back to this particular statement, because it only pops up a couple times, actually, in Scripture. I thought it was, I would find a nice, cool, big, big number, you know. I didn't. I found a very small number of when this pops up, and we'll take a look at that. But, but what made Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob alive was the covenant And in that covenant was the commands for that covenant. Okay? That's what gave them life. Okay? And I would say life eternal as well. But we'll see how that will pan out later on, how it exists here. So, again, because the whole thing is life by definition, goes on and on. If, if it's not alive, then it's not continuing. Okay? So the fundamental thing about life, it lives. Death? No, nothing. Okay? And we see that. And I, that's, to me, that's very, very powerful when we start looking. We have to understand the fundamental things, the concrete meaning first, before we can jump to the spiritual part. Okay, so I think that's why it's very important when he says he's the Elohim of the living. How life is so, so important. Our Elohim has no association with the dead. So let's continue. We have uh, two sisters and then we'll continue here. Okay, yeah, uh, he's the God of um, Abraham. Isaiah and Jacob, because they living, 
and the commandment, they be there at the scene, you know, they living in the way when they made the part, they left everything out and they living in the way he wants to live because they are the God for the living people because follow what he say and they do it and they teach the people living with them to yes, follow yes. the instructions. No, I, I think that's a, she brings out a very, very good point that you can look in the text. What makes these three people special? And let me repeat what you, you, I believe what you were saying is they said, I'm going to follow the most high. I'm going to leave this life. Okay. I'm going to leave the life. I, I'm going <laughs> to, did Messiah say, I'm going to lose my life to gain my life. So all of a sudden we have, wow, again, Messiah didn't say anything new there, did he? It was just if we look close enough, that's what was happening. Like she mentioned, these people, they left what they had to follow the Most High, whatever it was, whatever the things it was. And the commandments were what's guided them as giving up what they wanted to do versus what the Almighty had planned for them. Yes, Pat. I think it's valuable to recognize that anything that is alive will change. So if we're not making any changes, perhaps we're not as much alive as we thought we were. No, that's exactly great. There's that movement. There's a, a, something that's alive is moving, you know. You know, it's and then we can look back to Genesis and we see that ongoing uh, a thing. Uh, the tree producing the fruit, producing the seed. The seed producing a tree, producing the fruit, producing the seed. So you see that going on. One word that I haven't heard to explain a difference between death after the first death is sleep. And so Abraham and Jacob... They're sleeping, and as it was explained by Paul, they, we go to sleep. Uh, there was a point in Thessalonians there where they were all grieving about the brothers and sisters that died, and he said they're just sleeping. Mm -hmm. So a thought, he's still the God of Abraham and Jacob and Isaac and all of those that have had, passed away with him. Mm -hmm. And it's being known by him. And the other last point I'll make is eternal life begins before you are appointed to die and die. Mm -hmm. No, exactly. We're living it now. Because if that's something we get, then, which is kind of interesting, if you view it that way, all of a sudden those commandments become very important now because you're, living now with him, and then you're going to live with him on an eternal basis. Instead of like, okay, I'm not really living, but I, in, an eternal life, in the eternal life, then I'll follow the commandments and do everything. You can see the relationship that's here. You know? Yes, sister. Uh, he say about the sleep. Abraham got to sleep with Jacob and uh, Isaac and the others one. But when Jesus uh, or Yeshua resurrected, they resurrected with him because in the part of the Matthew, Matthew say, when he resurrected and other people resurrected, they come and enjoy to 
Yes, it was in Matthew. There was like 500 people uh, of that time that had resurrected right after that time. Yeah, in that that kind of thing, Abraham be resurrected at the time because when Yeshua got inside and the hell, but you know, the people are in the Abraham Abraham side. He is nearby the hell. That's what the the, the Bible explains, you know. And he go there to pick the people and go there. Up. Um, I I understand what you're talking about, uh, and yes, in some ways I would agree. But uh, what I what I do want to do is look at the concreteness, you know, because there are um, like how you mentioned, you have this side over here, this side over here. Uh, but for me, I can't find that in Scripture. And the one place that it is, it's in a parable, you know, where Messiah is using. And I'm not saying that to take away any of anybody's mindset or what they have. All I'm saying is what I want to do is just look at the foundations for all these things. And in the meantime, because there's going to be a lot of external ideas and things like that. And it may be good and it may not be. I'm not here to judge that. But what I do want to present is the foundation stones for all that thought. And maybe if we do that, we'll see, okay, yeah, that's okay to keep. Or, yeah, let's just ditch that. Or, you know what, I don't know, but I know our commandments are what we're supposed to do right now. You know what I mean? Because there is a lot unknown, okay? And the faith Abraham has is the same that we have, okay? So... And the core of everything that I see over and over and in Scripture, regardless, is these commandments are here over and over and over and over again. Mark, please. So I hope I don't take away from what you're going to go into next, but uh, in our gospel portion for this week, which I'll touch on in the main service, uh, John 17, 1, verse 3 says, This is eternal life, that they may know you. That's awesome. So you can see that just by that statement, we have what? We have, you had Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now all of a sudden you have Moses at the bush. You know? And Moses the same way. He was called to come and do. Do this. And there Moses began to have what? A relationship with the Most High, the creator of the universe, which, guess what? You're invited to the same invitation, invite as well. And the major thing that all three of these guys, including Moses, it was the Ruah, the Spirit, however you want to look at it, saying, here's my ways. Come walk with me. So you begin to, I, I hope one thing that you'll begin to see when you read your New Testament, that there is really nothing new. Okay? And these Principles and these concepts are built on something, okay? And we have to do that because if we read the book backwards, if we go try to go backwards, we're going to end up with uh, some things that were going to be misleading to us. And me, I want to understand it. And I know there's plenty that I'm not going to understand, but I at least want to know from the beginning how it works. Because, again, I have to point out what we just said. The power of Elohim is in the scriptures, is what Yeshua said. And he says that's in the Old Testament, not the New. There's where the power of Elohim is. 
Yahshua is just an example of the power of the Most High in some ways. So if we're going to follow Yahshua, we've got to follow the commandments. That's his own words. That's Yahshua's own words. Yes, Kathy. I find it interesting about sleep, like um, it means different things throughout the Bible about like what you were just speaking about, about sleep. But in Genesis 2.21, it says, So the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall, to fall upon the man, Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. So even at the beginning, there's sleep. And it yes, there goes is. throughout the Bible of different kinds of sleep. Yes. And no, and I do like um, how I was mentioned, you know, and we will get into that as we get further along. But it's interesting, the point that you pointed out, the word being used for sleep there, it only, or, or that terminology or that phrase, the only other place it's used is with Abraham when the covenant was made. Adam fell into a deep, deep, deep sleep. It's the same wording for Abraham when he cut that covenant, which is behind everything here at the bush. Oh, and by the way, we're talking about the burning bush here, right? And I didn't open up today to tell, let you know that at where we're at in the text, we're in Jerusalem, the time of Passover, the time of the story, the, time, the week where Messiah is going to be crucified, okay? But it is interesting that we're, some of the things we're finding here is coming back to the very Passover story because where this phrase pops up first is at the burning bush. And would you not agree with me that the burning bush is like the beginning of the Passover story because they need it. It was Moses, you know. I know in our Haggadah, we or our Passover Seder, we mention that. That's a very important part. Moses. So you can see how important knowing the feasts, knowing Passover, and how they're so intertwined, uh, intertwined together. So. Let's go on here and see. Now, I wanted to put this in here. Like I said, I try to, I'm trying to look at all the points, all the Matthew and, and Luke as well, and Mark as well. So here I have highlighter, and he is not the Elohim of the dead. We saw that. The wording's a little bit different here, okay? But of the living, for all live to him. So Luke here adds a little bit like what we had just kind of surmised out of, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You can see Luke's on that same, same path here and how he explains it. So I think Luke helps uh, also. So Luke adds, lives to him, okay? Then in other translations, in an Aramaic tra translation I have, for all of them are alive to him. And another translation, live unto him. So however you want to take those statements, okay, we can see right here, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they lived their life unto the Most High. So if they lived their life unto the Most High, and Moses was following up that. And actually, Moses is the one that brought the commandments back to the people because did they not stray and was in Egypt? So you can see even how Messiah is 
in a sense, another picture of Moses, renewing the commandments. And that's quite clear, because I think the commandments were always down, especially if the text is saying, remember the Sabbath day. Well, it's, depending on how you want to look at it, it's like, okay, maybe they had forgot it, and he's refreshing how this is going to be, guys. Or it could be just make a memorial. So either way that you look at it, it's, how do I explain? It's the same flowing pictures over and over again. And the core of it is the commandments. Whoever pops up, whatever figure pops up in the text, it's the commandments driving that person. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Yeshua. It's the commandments that drive them. Yes, Chris. As you were going over this, I kind of thought a little bit differently regarding life and death. I think that resurrection does happen in the Old Testament, just not in the physical way that we see it happening in the New Testament. Because if you look at the New Testament, we have a physical body being Yeshua. He's, he came in the flesh, so mm -hmm. we would have a more a better understanding of being able to see resurrection in the flesh of actual people being raised from the dead. Whereas if we look at the Old Testament, we can see how was God, Elohim, revealed to us most times, and that would be in the spirit or in a supernatural way where it wasn't necessarily a physical form, so to speak. Like he, in, in the burning bush, he was... As a, as a burning bush so bright mm -hmm. that Moses had to shine his face, would that not count as him resurrecting people as far as putting life into the, the people? Not, not necessarily an actual, they, they were dead spiritually, and because he brought his word to them through the commandments, that would be a resurrection of life into, into the people. Mm -hmm. No, I, I can see some of that. But I would add, though, as far as, you know, we only see Yeshua being physical, the only thing is we have to look back. There's messengers that approached Abraham, and you had a physical presence of the cloud. And even, even the bush was a physical presence in some sense. Now, it might not be. And he also spoke with someone on Mount Sinai, you know. And if you look real close, it seems like there was a mediator on Mount Sinai that Moses was talking to, and that mediator, in sense, was talking to Yahuwah, but yet they both were Yahuwah. You know, however that works out, I don't know. But no, I, I can understand what you're seeing, Chris, you know, and we're going to look at some of that, too. So thank you. So I wanted to point out this in Luke here, um, and then... For all live unto him. That's a very powerful statement. Because if you're going to live unto the Most High, okay, and this is before Messiah has died and has resurrected here, all right? It's, again, pointing back to how do we live unto the Most... How did Abraham live? How did Isaac and Jacob? Well, they did the commandments that we see clearly. And they were operating under the same spirit, because if Yahuwah doesn't change, then his spirit's not going to change. So if you're going to be led by the spirit, I can tell you where your nose should be. It should be looking into these commandments because that's where the spirit's at. That's where the spirit has written it down so all of us can come and look at it. You know? 
So, the Ruach alive then, alive today, and always will be. So, this statement, like I said, I am the, Abraham, I am the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These are the places we find it. Exodus 3, 6. And he said, I am the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's very important that, and I'll show you something else that's very important. So, again, this is the burning bush. Uh, Exodus 3.15, Elohim said further to Moses. Again, who's, who's reiterating this? It's the Most High who's saying, who, giving us something to look at that defines him, okay? It's not rabbinical literature. It's not Christian theology or anything. It's the Most High's coming and saying, Again, who I am. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That is who I am. What's so important about that? So we see that here. And it goes on to say, an Elohim, uh, Elohim of Jacob, he has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my remembrance or my memorial to all generations. So, again... Uh, Yahuwah, however you pronounce it, you know, that's really not the big deal, okay? But what is the big deal is that you understand that he is the eternal existent one. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That distinguishes, I'm going to get ahead of myself in my notes. That distinguishes who we worship verse any other religion on the planet, okay? We, we worship a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not Ishmael. It's very clear who he proclaimed, okay? Then, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if you're proclaiming the Messiah, then... Messiah is proclaiming back to you, if you want the God of the living in your life, go back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and do what they did. They, Abraham followed my charge. He obeyed all my commandments. He was faithful in his household. All right? And I, I know the text says he was perfect. He matured. He walked and matured in his life in these commandments. So you can see even, even those proclaiming Jesus Christ, Yahshua is proclaiming you to go back to his commandments. They are not done away with. It's clear as day by his, only, his words over and over again in so many ways. So then, Exodus 3.16, Go, and you shall gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, Yahuwah, Elohim of your fathers, Elohim uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he appeared to me, okay? I indeed visited you and see that this is done in Egypt. So he's even going back how this is associated here. Uh, Exodus 4. Uh, four five, and then they believed Yahweh. Uh, they believed that Yahweh Elohim of their fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob again has appeared to you. 
So you can see Moses is going back with the command of the Most High, declaring who he was. He was the eternal one, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All right? And then they believed Moses. Yes, he had to go through all three signs that he laid down. All right? But they believed that Moses was seen by a particular God. Not the Egyptian God, not this God over there, not this God over there, but the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So even though they're in Egypt, getting all messed up in the world like, like we find ourselves, they had something that defined their Elohim that they knew of. And that's what you have. You have the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is unique to anything on the planet. That's why that statement, one of the, why that statement's so, so important and should be important to us just as, as it's important to our Jewish brothers because they see this is clear here, okay? This is clearly who we follow. This is what we've been tracking on, okay? Now, so that's one, two, three, four. Like I told you, I thought this phrase would be all over Scripture. It's not... Right there, that's the four times that it only appears. And it's in conjunction with the Passover story, which would be the burning bush incident. Again, emphasis on the Passover, okay? Now, what's so interesting about that, it pops up another three times. It's worded a little bit different, but meaning the same thing. The wording's a little bit different. In Kings, it says this. Kings 18.3, and it came to be at the time of the bringing of the evening offering that uh, Elijah, Eliyahu, the prophet came near and said, remember I told you how powerful this is? Yahuwah, Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, which is Jacob's second name, renaming, let it be known today that you are the Elohim of Israel. And I, your servant, have done all these matters by your word. Do you read anybody? Jerry might get this one. What's this talking about? What's occurring right here? It's a very, very powerful thing that's occurring. Jerry, I know you got this one. It's after the prophets of Baal had spent half a day trying to get their altar to start on fire, and he... Elijah had dumped water all over his, and God just went, zap. That is awesome. So you see in this statement how powerful it was, okay? Yeah, all those gods that are out there, where's your God at, Elijah? I think at one point, I, I look at this sarcasm that was in there. Where's your God? Sleeping. Is he at the restroom? My God's going to pop up. My God's going to come here. So you can see how powerful that statement is for us, okay? How very important it is for us. And we see that Yeshua used it because of the power that's in the scriptures and the power that's in our Elohim is why he used that. It's another two times that we see in 1 Chronicles 29:18 and 2 Chronicles 36. I can't recall what, that, what it's about, but it's used again, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. So, most of us see who we are, 
however you look at it, you believe in the Messiah, you're returning to the commandments. And the text says, the Most High says, if you're doing that, then you're part of the commonwealth of who? The eternal people of Israel. So again, I point out how powerful that statement is. Barry, I know you had your hand up. Sorry. I just want to add one thing to what you're saying in regards to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because so many people say Yahweh, Yahuwah, different names, and mm -hmm. I think the clarity to add to that is who Abraham recognized God to be and who Isaac recognized God to be and Jacob recognize God to be because we have so many different names that people call God there is only one God but how do we recognize him mm -hmm. that's that's my addition no and yes Barry and I think that's very important for us to understand he who we worship who Yahshua's father is is the Elohim the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob that it defines with clarity. And you've got one, two, three. Oh, that's like a perfect witness there. Add Moses. We got four. And on and on and on. Witnesses to the Most High. So if you want to look at it that way, you can too. We're really short on time. Let me read these out of the book of Acts, okay? Just so you know, it's like this is just not an Old Testament idea or concept, okay? We got Acts 3.12. And seeing it, Kephor, Peter responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why so intently at us, as though by our own power or uh, reverence, we have made this man walk? The Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Elohim of our fathers, glory esteemed his servant one, Yeshua, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. So you can see their focus, the apostles themselves are looking. They are following the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're proclaiming there's where the power is. And that's New Testament. And again in Acts 7... 32, saying, I am the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of... Abraham, Elohim of um, Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob. And Moses, this is what Acts says, and Moses trembled and did not have the courage to look. Whether that's external or not, it doesn't matter. The point to notice is the apostles looked and saw that Moses, and they hung on to that same proclamation. It is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You can see how important the Passover is and what was written down before. Uh, you know, before Messiah arrived and arrived on the scene, so to speak. They were trusting in the Old Testament. And I'm just saying that, for lack of better words, they were trusting in the Torah they were trusting in the commandments. That's how they proved and come to know Yeshua 
of who he was. And that brings us back to one statement made last week. Are you able to understand Yeshua from the Old Testament? Because that's all they had. Anything from Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and all that on is all coming from what was already proclaimed before. So, the other point is here in this statement, Yeshua, in some he's proclaiming here, and all of, all of that that's behind it, those who are using this after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know, even Yeshua. Yeshua came to people who for, was familiar with the scriptures, okay? That's where he came first. Because that's where the power of Elohim was laying. Because a lot of... Our, the, a lot of the power of Elohim is in his commandments for life because at the core of it is life, and that's who he is. So that's something to, uh, to think about because you had to have a background or else Yeshua is not going to make any sense. Now, that being said is, I'm telling you right now, I didn't have a background. I knew... Jesus, I knew Yeshua, but I didn't have a good background of the Old Testament. And I'm telling you right now, I know my Elohim more now because I know my Old Testament. Because I need to be familiar with what Yeshua was familiar with. And if we don't, then I guess you can figure that part out. So I need to uh, close. So next week we will continue with uh, some more about this, and then my hope is we'll see, okay, well, how is resurrection being applied in that? And we're going to get there. But these, I think, are very important to understand until we jump to all kinds of other things. That, that's what I intend to do. So I hope you enjoyed today. I thank you all for coming. Let me close in prayer. Father, Yahweh, we give you great thanks. We thank you for your abundant provision for here, your spirit allowing us to understand you and grow closer to you. Be with us today, Father. You are invited, your Ruach, and empower us. We thank you for the redemption we find that are in your words, that are in your words that were made flesh. Amen. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Thank you for coming. And those online will be right back in about 20, 25 minutes. So, Shalom. Shalom.